Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Luke chapter 2 in the Bible tells us about the night that Jesus Christ was born. And wasn't that cool hearing our child, some of the children's ministry and youth ministry kids uh, read the Christmas story a little bit ago in the video that we watched? Well, this will sound familiar, but I, I want to read it to you again. Luke chapter 2, here beginning at verse 8. In the same region, meaning the region of the city of Bethlehem, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. The angel's message is most often quoted the way it's translated in the King James Version of the Bible, which says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We hear a lot of talk this time of year about peace on earth, or maybe about the lack thereof. I overheard someone get asked a few days ago what they were hoping they would get for a present for Christmas this year, and their response was, All I want is world peace. It's a noble sentiment, of course, a great wish. Uh, some of the current longing for peace in this fashion, probably fueled by our increasingly polarized society in which we seem to be living right now. But it's not just political divisions that make us question peace on earth. I mean, there are terrorist incidents that are just about a monthly occurrence coming out of the Middle East or other places. Afghanistan just experienced an enormous upheaval over the course of the past couple months. Ongoing armed conflicts in Yemen and Ethiopia and Sudan have already claimed more than 40,000 lives this year alone. There's an unending drug war going on in Mexico. Russia is amassing troops along the border of Ukraine as we speak. North Korea is a mess. And China always seems to be engaged in some kind of military arms buildup that nobody really knows what they're up to. It's sort of a common sentiment, isn't it, to hear somebody say, there's war going on in the world, therefore, there is not peace on earth. Well, I think we'd all agree that we want there to be peace on earth. However, there's no guarantee that we would have peace on earth, even if all the wars were to stop today. There's no guarantee there'd be peace on earth if every terrorist cell was disrupted and all terrorists were put behind bars. And even if the whole world joined hands and sang... Uh, like when I was a kid with a Coke and a smile, if maybe some of you remember that, or if the whole world joined hands today and sang Kumbaya, there's still no guarantee. It wouldn't be a done deal that there would be peace on earth, and that's because there's no guarantee that we ourselves would fully be at peace. We look for this peace, we long for it, we wonder maybe sometimes if it's a possibility, and yet it is the very thing that Jesus is said to have brought with him to earth on the night that he was born. Here was God interrupting the world with peace. 
But if we ourselves are still restless, then the world isn't fully at peace. Could it be possible on an individual level that maybe we are contributors to the lack of peace here on earth? And I say that because I have a bit of a confession to make. I've been a rather restless person for most of my life. And honestly, I didn't really recognize that until I was married. And I saw the effects that it was having on my wife, on Kim. Had a bit of a wake-up call about seven years into our marriage. I was granted a a two-month sabbatical from the church where I was working in the Chicago area before coming here. Uh, They granted a a two-month sabbatical, Kim and me, to go away, get refreshed, get recharged. It came at a perfect time because I'd been, honestly, working pretty hard. We'd had some big initiatives that had come up that I was helping to lead. So I was super excited about it. And in typical type A Matthew Rogers fashion, I was going to attack that sabbatical like no sabbatical had ever been attacked before. I was going to rest like rest had never been done. I was going to recharge like recharging had never been recharged. I was going to find myself getting so rejuvenated like nobody had ever been rejuvenated before. So day one of two months off, I'm going to go on this massive bicycle ride. I'm like, well, I got all the time in the world, right? I got two months off. I'm going to, I never have time to do this. I'm just going to go on this huge, long bicycle ride. So I take off on my bike. Got a mile from home, blew the back tire on my bike. Just boom, pop, loud. So frustrating. So I picked up my bike, walked it the mile home, had some very frustrated words that I expressed to Kim when I got in the house about the whole situation, threw my bike in the back of the van, went off to the bike shop where I bought my bike. They fixed it, got me back on on the road, got back home, started off for my massive bike ride. Got about a mile from the house, blew the front tire. Carried my bike all the way back home. And I didn't know this till later, but Kim told me that when she heard the garage door go up the second time so quickly, her whole body, she said, just tensed up because she knew what was coming. I was going to come in the house in a rampage and, and fly off the handle, and I did. I was so frustrated, you know, about the whole thing. Here it was, day one of two months together. And Kim's already ready for me to go back to work. And honestly, I was pretty ready to go back too. That's just one tiny example of how this nearly constant inner restlessness was making, the the inner restlessness in me was making Kim's life feel pretty restless too. But here's the deal. When we're not at peace ourselves, we become unwitting contributors to the state of peacelessness here on earth. You know, if we're not at peace ourselves, we're blunt with the bank teller, snippy with the worker at McDonald's, short-tempered at work, we yell at the kids, we get cross with our spouse. When we're not at peace ourselves, we become contributors, maybe unwittingly, to the state of peacelessness here on earth. And we can gripe and moan all we want to about the injustices of war and the lack of peace in certain pockets on the planet. And granted, those things are awful. But if we're walking around contributing to the state of dis-ease in other people, it's sort of like we're creating our own little emotional war zones in the pockets where we find ourselves living. And that, my friends, if we're doing that, that is creating a sense of dis-ease 
in the people around us, furthering the reality that in them they're not experiencing true peace on earth. If it's not in us, then we're making other people feel restless too. But the good news is that peace is here. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest, the angel said, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus wants to interrupt your life with peace. The great theologian Augustine once said very famously, our hearts are restless, O God, until they find their rest in thee. How true he is in saying that. That same summer that I was contributing to so much restlessness in Kim, we went away uh, in that two-month sabbatical for two weeks in the mountains of Colorado and Wyoming. And one of the places that we got to stay was uh, a ministry called Blessing Ranch, where we got one-on-one time with somebody who is deeply skilled at helping pastors kind of sort through their junk so that they can be more effective and more emotionally on their game when they come back into their churches and serve. And so in the process of being at Blessing Ranch, I met Jesus in a brand new way. And Jesus ministered to my heart and my life in some ways that were kind of under the surface for me, going on at a subconscious level. And those things got raised to the surface. And Jesus did some real healing in me. But the most significant thing that came out of that experience for me was when I listened to Kim talk about how my restlessness was impacting her. And I was devastated when I heard that. And some of the things I learned from Jesus that brought a change in my life were things like this. Matthew, I love you and I value you just for being you. Matthew, you are so much more important to me than anything you could do for me. And when I allowed Jesus to meet the deepest needs of my heart, he really did become my Prince of Peace and he brought peace like I've never experienced before. My life got interrupted by peace. And Kim has said a number of times since that summer, Uh, She has said to me, Matthew, it's like you're a new man. It's kind of like I got a new husband. And I feel like, wow, what a great gift to be able to give to my spouse, to my family, hopefully to our, our church family even. And I think it's because, and I don't have this down perfectly by any means. I am still about as type A as anybody you'll ever want to meet, and that's needs to still kind of get worked on maybe a little bit more in me. But I think I finally that summer started to experience a peace in my heart and a peace in my soul where I could just let Jesus love me for being me and let him take care of the things that I couldn't take care of. And my restlessness just kind of started to dissipate like a morning fog when the sun comes up. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You, Lord, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace, the kind of peace that changes you and will also change the people in your sphere of influence, 
in your pocket of where you live. When you become more at peace, my friend, your family will be more at peace as well. When you become more at peace, your work environment will experience an influx of peace. When you become more at peace, your school, if you're a student, will get an influx of peace. You'll give an influx of peace to wherever it is. Maybe you're going from here tonight to celebrate Christmas with other people or in the coming days ahead. No longer will you be contributing to dis ease in them, and consequently you will help them be in a better position to be able to be a blessing to others because they're not going to have to worry about whether or not you're bringing restlessness into their environment too. So I have a couple questions here for you tonight. I know Christmas is is meant to be a reflective time, and here we are at the end of the year when we're thinking about the next year that we're heading into and maybe thinking about some changes that maybe need to come in our lives. So here's a couple questions to ponder. Is your current lack of peace or is your current restlessness creating a sense of dis-ease among the people you care about the most? Are they not experiencing peace on earth right now because of you? Those are hard questions, I know. But they're the right questions. If we honestly want to look at what Jesus brought to earth and what the angels said that he brought on the night that he was born, peace on earth, peace with God that in a way shapes us and remakes us to be the kind of people that promote peace among others so they can experience peace as well. So friends, peace is here. It's available right now in your heart through Jesus Christ if you want it. You may not single-handedly stop any armed conflict in the Middle East, but you can certainly live differently in such a way that will bring peace on earth to other people, and you can begin that this evening. It's available right now through Jesus Christ, the one who was born at Christmas time, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings peace here on earth, the one who brings goodwill toward men. Wouldn't it be great this Christmas season, to have your very life interrupted by peace. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.